Hello. Hello. And welcome, I guess. Uh, welcome to Sam and Maggie Hakley. This is a podcast where uh, Sam and Maggie is me. Uh, Sam's over there. We, <laughs> we, we watch the television show Glee uh, and uh, just break it down episode by episode. And as you can tell by the title, we do not like it. Uh, yeah. Dev- we have a guest. Devin is here. Hi. Uh, you Thanks were for on. Me. You were on a previous episode. Um, it, it's so good to be back. I also hate Glee, so <laughs> then you'll fit right in when you already <laughs> did, I guess. I anyway, putting yeah, my hand I, on like, my hip. Hadn't, I hadn't watched it. I haven't been like watching along, you know. So I I did watch this episode pretty out of context, and I was just like, I just was getting hit with character after character that I. Oh. Don't remember. Yeah. Oh, and I yeah, was just sure. like my notes. That one TA dude that Rachel is Brody. Fucking <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know his name and so I just I just wrote TA in my notes every time he was there. His name is Brody, not Brady, right? Yes. Also Yeah, that sounds right. I mean his main his name might as well be Ta. Like, who cares? <laughs> Ta. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Ta yeah, the to, big muscle man. Yeah. So, so to clue in our listeners here, we're talking about season four, episode eight, Thanksgiving. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just in time for New Year's or something. <laughs> it, yeah, we are recording this on New Year's Eve, so uh, we're a bunch of real party monsters over here. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say it really tells you something about our lives and where we're at. Well, I'm also snowed in. There's a blizzard um, warning. Uh, and if you weren't you would no doubt be out of rager oh absolutely i'd be out at the club of course yes yeah we we left i'll I'll make sure that silence stays in (laughs) oh you're so mean (laughs) Um, adelaide adelaide uh my best friend did invite me to actually go to the club tonight and i was like really that seems bad and then she was like (laughs) I have an extra ticket. It would be free for you. And I was like, I still don't want to go. Thank you so much. <laughs> wow. Adelaide is also um, a Patreon supporter of us. So shout out to Adelaide. Wow. Shout out to the best person in the whole world. Okay. Sam. Yes. Give us the stats. Of course. So this episode originally aired on November 29th, 2012, with 5.39 million viewers, which is up from last week, which only had 4.62 million. So the family, they ate the, you know, families gathered together, ate their Thanksgiving dinner, and then sat in front of the TV to watch an episode of Glee. Well, I, I did. I had that thought, too. But I did check. It didn't actually air on Thanksgiving. It aired the oh. week after Thanksgiving. So. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if they aired an episode on Thanksgiving. Let me check real quick. In the meantime, so, give me the, the info. Yeah, so this is written by Russell Fre- Russell Friend. <laughs> fucking weird name. And Garrett Lerner, um, which are two brand new writers. Well, they, they've been on the writing staff for Glee for this season, but this is their first um, headlining. I, what do you call that? 
debut. When they're, whatever. The head writer or something? I don't know. Yes. And it is directed by Bradley Buecher, who uh, made a lot of bad choices this episode. I'm going to say straight up. Yeah, I would agree with that. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I'm excited to get into it. it yeah, I just will, to, I will oh. enumerate his mistakes. Do do not doubt me. Yes. Um, About every other line in my notes is just ew. <laughs> so. What a way to start. But just so we start. Yeah. We, we start the episode without a recap. Um, yes. With Quinn on stage at McKinley Auditorium singing alone. She's wearing some wedges. Whatever. She looks like Quinn. Uh, and. <laughs> She's uh, singing a, a Homeward Bound slash Home by Philip Phillips mashup. Uh, and Puck shows up, then Mike, then Santana, then Mercedes, and then Finn closes out the group. Uh, and they all sort of come together at the end and they're like, we did it. We came back to Ohio for Thanksgiving. And it's like, yeah, you did it. It's like, yeah, y'all are here all the time also (laughs) it was like the three well-dressed people facing the three less well-dressed people i just felt like that was worth remarking upon and they were just like sort of staring each other down like hmm you still don't know how to clothe yourself hmm i mean you're saying that santana mike and mercedes were well-dressed right correct okay thank god Uh, Santana looks amazing, obviously. Uh, so does Mike, and so does Mercedes. Quinn looks like Quinn. Puck is wearing scarves now, and Finn has a better haircut. There you go. And a, and a cardigan, Maggie. Let's not forget. And, and a cardigan. I actually kind of like his cardigan, but I, I do feel too. like I feel like it doesn't. I don't like it on him. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like he's just sort of dipped into Will's closet, you know? Yeah. It's wearing daddy's clothes. Which, yeah, like, just... it would look cute on me, but on Finn, it's just kind of like, oh, you're, you've really given up, huh? <laughs> he's kind of just embracing the darkness now. Um, there is a fun moment. that They all have a big hug after Puck kind of um, gets his gross masculinity all over Finn's mm-hmm. emotions. Of course. Um, which, you know... Yay, typical Glee, I guess. Uh. Definitely t- typical Puck. Oh, for sure. Um, because even though he can express, uh, you know, sentimental feelings to other people, uh, he does have to cloud them in extreme masculinity all the yes. time. Yeah. He-, he tells Finn not to cry or something. You're cause... my dad's. Even yeah. you, Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We get the title card. Um and then, Wait, how do we feel about the song? Though, it's good, right? Oh, it's fine. Fine, <laughs> fine. D- generic, boring. I liked it when Santana sang. I liked it when Mercedes sang. Other people sang too much. I, I did <laughs> yeah. like that. I, I did like that. Mike sang. Yes, that was nice. I liked that too. They didn't just bring him in to do like a weird solo dance number <laughs> for this like. That's con- a good point. For this country music mashup, yeah. Um, so then we get to the first scene of the episode. Past that, Marley is voicing over. She's she's inheriting the mantle of Glee, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know she's like the main character of like this season and every season after this, but I did completely she? forget she existed. <laughs> is she the main character though? Like really? She totally is. Like this, the part of the scene, which like maybe I'm getting ahead of myself because I do have a note before this, but there's the part of the scene where she's like wearing her Ryan Murphy hat, mm-hmm. staring at the boys, 
through mm-hmm. the window, real will move there, <laughs> and then she addresses herself in the third person, and it's just like, oh, so she is Ryan Murphy. Oh, yeah, the then. bit where she's like, Marley Rose, the pressure is on. It's like, okay, that's all right. So that- I really feel like she's Ryan Murphy's new self-insert. He realized that if he actually wants... Uh, to, like, fulfill his dreams, he needs to have his self-insert be a woman so that all the generic men can fight over her. <laughs> See, that, True! That, that is, I was going to say, I feel like she's not the main character because her main character trait is just that men fight over her, but you make a very good point. Ryan Murphy has kind of given up, I think, on Rachel and Kurt and Finn representing mm. him, so... yeah. Yeah. Well, with Marley as the self-insert, honestly, if I was writing self-insert fan fiction about Glee, I would probably have, like, hot people fight over me. Like, what's... I mean, why not, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, She also talks about her dream, and yes. the best thing about this dream is that she says Skeet Ulrich gave her a bouquet of kittens. Um, what I don't know if you a, know who in Skeet... reference to? Yeah. What is so, Skeet? So, Skeet Ulrich, he's an actor... Um, according to Wikipedia, he is best known for his roles in Scream and The Craft, but you and I know him as F.P. Jones. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. From Riverdale. Yeah. Yes. And he's also fantastic on Instagram. He just, like, leaves dad comments on all of the other <laughs> cast members' instas. Honestly, please, like, follow him and, like, watch out for him commenting on other cast members' posts, because he's always just like, hey, I'm proud of you, on, like, posts that are just, like, selfies it's amazing i love him that's really great honestly uh i've really taken us off track here so i apologize but but i care about skeet Ulrich. yeah i have a question then did marley know who he was because of his roles in these like scary movies then i mean probably scream right i mean it doesn't really make sense for um if marley is i don't know she's like what fucking 15 sure um yeah she wouldn't know who he is probably um i feel like she'd be a fan of the craft like he was kind of a teen heartthrob so like maybe she's watching these like 90s movies and just being like yeah you know what like this dude is cute i mean i get that he's like a heartthrob but it's it's an improperly placed in the timeline heartthrob like her heartthrob would be like i don't know um zach efron yeah perfect zephron Marley's like a square and a nerd, and she just like probably watches old movies with her mom. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. like yes. I feel like maybe these We're... are like her mom's favorite movies. You're making excuses. She... And You're... <laughs> no, I think that they... no, I think that this is accurate. Like I don't think Marley. I think Marley would be like, I don't really like movies um, from now. I'm not really into current music. Um, I like you know cool stuff. Um, The other notable part of this monologue is uh, basically the body dysmorphia stuff. We see Marley showing her mom the sectionals dress uh, that she fits into. uh, And yeah, then the overwhelming sense of pressure that Marley feels about succeeding at sectionals. Well, and she specifically, I pulled out a quote here where she she lives by the words of her mom, which are don't blow it. Um, which is real rough, honestly. Yeah, just... it really is. I just can't, like, fathom how this plot line is continuing. Like, Marley's mom, I don't think, would be supportive of Marley going on a diet. I just don't get it. 
Yeah, especially because she, I think this is the scene where she talks about how, like, her mom's been losing weight, but she hasn't, and she's kind of disappointed about it. And it's like, <sighs> Honestly, I don't even want to talk this? about this bullshit. Like, it's yeah. so upsetting and stupid. Yep. Let's move on. We are at Breadsticks with all the old New Direction members. Uh, so we've got, you know, the the gang, Quinn, Puck, Mike, Santana, Mercedes, Finn. And Mike knows that Blaine has been texting Kurt, which is cute. That means mm-hmm. they've been talking. I'm down with that. Um, Quinn has been emailing Rachel or uh, there have been correspondence between okay. the two of them. Yeah. Well, because they say that they're talking about it. And then Quinn mentions that. Rachel's been badgering her to use the ticket that Rachel got her, but I yeah. remember Quinn getting Rachel the ticket. Like, no, no, I, I, I no, thought... because no, because Rachel's the one that's in New York. It's a ticket to come to New York. Yeah, well, and what? like Rachel, it it definitely sounded like Rachel was coming on to Quinn. I remember. Well, but I, I for some reason I remember Quinn was like I she was trying to like make up to Rachel or something, but she's like, oh, I got yeah. this ticket so that I could come see you in New York whenever we Whatever. wanted. I don't there know. is a ticket. Quinn has not used it. She's too busy becoming a secret Nazi. Nazi. At Yale. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, that it, that's a reference to something that Santana says later in the episode, but it's probably accurate. Uh, and. Yes. Well, it's, then, to clarify, let me just, yeah, Quinn says what? she's been accepted to the only female secret society at Yale. Um, she also, like, says it like, oh, I'm just so busy because I have all these things. And it's like, ugh, Quinn. Well, it gets it gets way worse later, but. Um, uh, I, I feel so conflicted about Quinn because yeah. sometimes I like her, you know, when she's being a skank and she's got the pink hair and the Ryan Seacrest tattoo, which she obviously still has. But right. then the other. The other times that she's just sort of putting on airs as this kind of like, I don't know, uppity asshole. <laughs> Compulsory heterosexuality, enough said, let's move on. Doug I mean, is right. Th- there'll be more to Finn, say later, but yeah. Finn wants to ask a favor of all the New Direction members, uh, and we jump right into the choir room where this favor is being enacted. The old New Direction members will be mentoring the new. Uh, the matchups are Puck and Jake. Mike and Ryder, Santana and Marley, Quinn and Kitty. Kitty is fucking pumped. Also, <laughs> she's a starstruck kiss ass. Let's just let's just oh, call it what it is. Mercedes and Unique, obviously, um, but right. they call Unique the wrong name. So yeah, and it's whatever. disgusting that they're still doing it. Um, and it does make me like physically upset every time it happens. Same. Uh, they also make a racist joke. Well, Brittany yeah. does. Um, where she's like, "I knew it. Mercedes was cloned." Um, so, come on, Glee. Well, like, stop it. I don't understand why Two they Two black keep... women. <laughs> they I are mean... obviously the same person. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Well, that's... I just... I don't understand why they keep having Britney make this joke. It's never good. Like... Well, they uh... obviously think it is. That's why they keep repeating it. Like, they they're... think it's a fucking dope-ass joke. But they're old white men, so they all think it's a whole laughing riot. Um... Also, like, I... Okay. They make these jokes, and then they don't show the relationship between these two characters at all anyway. So it's, like, double uh, double annoying, double offensive, because yeah. it's just like, oh, they're just there for this joke. You know? Yeah, yeah that's true. Ugh. I um, just want to see Mercedes and Unique have a heart-to-heart about how being who they are in their situations, while similar, can be very different, and how they want to connect with each other. That's all I want. 
Okay. I mean, Maggie, they're mentor-mentee for this episode, so we're definitely going to get that. Maybe. Um, Artie also introduces the Rosedale Mennonites as the third choir for sectionals. (laughs) Which um, also is happening this episode, by the way. Yeah, they raised a barn in five minutes, so... (laughs) Real fierce competitors. I'm impressed. I would be afraid. Uh, And Santana does the wanky catchphrase when I think it's like Kitty is like someone is like oh Kitty and Quinn are the same person and Santana's like wanky here's what happens is that Quinn says that like she'll help them with anything including birth control and then Kitty's like you're so funny and self-deprecating we're the same and Quinn looks at her like I am not joking bitch (laughs) (laughs) and then Santana says wanky yeah Santana says wanky on, I, I love when Santana does the catchphrase. It doesn't really seem to make all that much sense here, but they needed to get it in somewhere. So, yeah. Okay. Um, then yeah. Finn announces that they'll be doing Gangnam Style at sectionals. Mm-hmm. He also says that Blaine and Marley will take care of the duet, whatever that means. <laughs> well, Maggie, you'll remember the t- tried and true method. They're going to walk down the aisles. Um, mm-hmm, singing some song, and then they need to walk down the the house aisles uh, with the spotlights on them, and then they'll stare at each other, and then they'll win. Yes, that's it. Um, but uh, Santana then just immediately starts shitting all over Finn. Oh, but it's um, so it's so great. I love it. <laughs> yes. Um, which then prompts Joe to be like, "Can Will come back for sectionals though?" Because <laughs> <laughs> Joe realizes this is a sinking ship. Uh, and, uh, then Finn is like, no, we're going to be fine. We need to find a good dancer. Mike says something about how, like, this is a bad choice because there are no dudes that can match Britney's, like, dancing caliber. Well, I I don't think that was Britney. I think it's Santana who says that. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Well, Mike would know that's not true because he did Grease. And I feel like we know that they're good dancers. Uh, I don't know. Are they? I mean, Jake, Jake is. Jake definitely is. And, like, Kitty for did, sure is, too. Okay, listen. I did appreciate the moment where uh, Sam was like, um, me, obviously, white chocolate. <laughs> uh, and then I felt and the- like... And then Mercedes is just like, no, that's not happening. Like, that's... <laughs> yes. No. Which I feel like maybe is the show finally acknowledging that, like, Sam can't actually dance. And it's, like, not actually sexy what he's doing. Well, they, um, they've done this a couple of times, actually, in this season. <laughs> so. Where the where the show has been like, yes, we realized that we were lying. Sam was never a good stripper. His body rolls are bad, bad, bad. We know. <laughs> They're walking it back a little bit, which honestly I appreciate, because I didn't appreciate being gaslit about it in the first place. Like, <laughs> Yes, I, I wrote that down. I wrote, Sam does bad body rolls, sad face. So, <laughs> uh, so we're on to the next scene. We... We just know that there has to they have to find a male dancing lead. Uh, in the next scene, Jake and Ryder have a locker chat where Jake tells Ryder about his date with Marley, where they played board games. And, uh, and Ryder says something ableist. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, I, I do like that they they remain friends. Like Ryder's just like, it's chill, you know. Well, and yeah, and like Jake is like, hey, if it's not, if you're not cool with this, I'll break it off because I, I value because our friendship. They're, they're friends, which is great. I yes. love them being friends. Yes. Uh, 
And then they talk the dance lead, how a writer, I don't know. They talk about the dance lead. That's all I have in my notes. Well, uh, Devin, do you have it or? Yeah, it just basically, it's just like writer being like, but don't steal the dance lead from me. Like, you can't have everything. You have uh, this woman who is um, a possession, and therefore you have to give me the dance lead. And Jake's like, okay. Yeah. Yes, that is definitely how the conversation shakes out. Yep. Uh, and then we go to New York. Kurt and Rachel are having a chat outside as they drink some coffee. Rachel is basically like, we don't need anyone else, Kurt. We're, <laughs> we're, we're together you're, forever. You're my <laughs> best forever platonic friend i guess um uh and she asks him did you send in your application to niata because we need an update on you know their lives um for exposition's sake and kurt says that he sent in his application on vogue.com stationery which how what <laughs> how well, like how pa- would you do it- that if it's a paper application and you printed it on the stationery like that's doable I can print things on stationery. I just love it because Kurt's like, well, I think it'll give me an advantage. And it's like, no, probably not. Why would it? Vogue.com has nothing to do with, like, the fashion (laughs) world has absolutely nothing to do with, like, vocal performance. I don't, I don't understand. Um, And the show doesn't either, really. Yeah. Um, Uh, yeah. Rachel looks hot, though. I love New York Rachel. Oh, yeah, she had a makeover. No, she fucking didn't. She got highlights. <laughs> she got highlights and stopped wearing the reindeer sweaters, which is fine. She just aged. Um, whatever. Maybe she, she's an adult now, and she's hot. I don't care hot. what it's the. True. I don't know. I don't care what the show has to say about it. I'm here for it. She's basically Leah Michelle, and that's what I always wanted. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. We we find uh, out. And yeah, they're, yeah, they're staying home. in New York for yeah. Thanksgiving. Uh, and Rachel is sad that she doesn't get to see her dads. Kurt is sad that he doesn't get to see Bert. Uh, and uh, they're like, we need to forget about boys who break people's hearts. We just need to bind together as friends. Yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, they're they're embracing the sad loneliness together. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. Then we're back in ohio mike mm-hmm. is leading booty camp uh joe is where isn't wearing shoes that's a joke that is told uh and is that a joke maggie I yeah because sam yeah. He steps sam is like steps on his foot and he's like hey man like watch the toes and sam's like wear shoes bitch <laughs> I, I mean when you said that i did laugh so i guess it was a joke i I laughed at it while the show was happening. I mean, I laughed of. also. I thought it was funny, and I agree that I'm on I'm on Sam's side here. Um. I I so rarely laugh at Glee the show. I sort of will like snicker, like <laughs> you know, like, sure. Oh, huh, that was a joke. Like I'll, I so, <laughs> sort of acknowledge it, but I don't really laugh out loud because none of it's surprising to me anymore. You know, it's right. just all kind of the same. magic is gone. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, Jake intentionally throws this little audition, and writers yeah. declare the frontman for the Puck dance. is like, Jake, you're not even doing as well as I would. Um, my question that I would like to pose to the two of you, is writer actually any good, though? No. 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 <laughs> and my notes, my notes say, are we supposed to be impressed by writers dancing? <laughs> because... 
Artie is like, whoa, this is our winner. <laughs> and it's like, what are you talking about? Like, this looks really bad. It's like potentially worse than like some more like subtle bad dancing. Yeah. You might rather have Sam's body rolls, to be honest. Uh, I mean, let's not go that far. But I, yeah, it's really bad. It, mostly, I think part of it, too, is that it, the show thinks it can sell us on this because I th- I figure they think that we're not as familiar with Korean, like, boy band dancing. Which but is, like, I, I mean, come on. Like, they don't do any sort of K-pop moves right. at all. Yeah, when, like, when Mike starts his, like, example dance i'm like what is going on (laughs) this is not gangnam style for sure which is what they have to dance for the thing so but it's also not like k-pop dancing like it's just sort of like jazzercise (laughs) yeah like hey mike you're not wearing an oversized sweatshirt come on (laughs) okay let's be real a significant amount of k-pop dancing is the fashion oh i mean it is that's a significant part of, like, all dancing, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Uh, so booty camp is over. Ryder gets the lead. And the unholy trinity is in the choir room, I guess, talking to the rest of the New Directions? I don't know. They're just sort of yeah. well, it's, orating. It, it seems like they kind of did, like, a boy-girl split-up kind of thing. Um, Except, well, did they? I mean, Unique is here. Um, so, like, they, re- they re- respect certain parts of like unique's choices and identity but also they used to do this with kurt too like it's right. like oh you're you're not straight you can choose wherever you want to go well may- maybe it's... which is good i yeah. mean that's the good that's the right thing to do maybe but also i mean it the seems out of place on. yeah it, do- it doesn't seem to fit um i feel like i guess it's part of a like who wants the male dance lead with britney mm, i guess sure sure and then who doesn't it gets left here but blaine's I, not in this episode at all so he is too he's um well but he's, he's there for sectionals there, and he has there that is a call tearful phone call yeah well, right the Blaine I, phone call sorry i meant in this part because i don't think he's in either of these groups is he no no he not. isn't um so. he is he's like totally he's out he's in sad. his own world he's doing yeah. something else he's you know maroning <laughs> his lost clubbing. romance yeah um but and uh, yeah okay go for it i want to make i want to make a point that they call themselves the unholy trinity they've done it before but i really like that they call themselves that in canon mm. it's, i feel you like don't the like show it? just wants us to i feel like the show just wants to prove that it's like in touch with the fandom you know what i mean <laughs> yes that's what this is it's a it's like yeah. a dog whistle to the fandom which like i like that i i do like them calling themselves the unholy trinity but i don't really like that the show has done it Here's the thing. I only want the fandom. I don't want any of the actual content. Yeah, that's a big mood for Glee. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they do admit that they were yeah. all in a um, gay ass relationship together, mm-hmm. essentially here. Yeah. So well, okay. Um, no, Quinn it, talks about Santana's lip quiver. Yes. They were in love. It's fine. Well, see, that's <laughs> I, I wrote down that the show is BSing how they always perform so spectacularly. Just, like, on the mm. fly. Because they're like... Quinn has that little line. She's like, I can tell they're going to shimmy or shake. And it's like... Uh-huh. Well, Sam, they're being individuals in synchronicity. <laughs> uh, 
I think what this scene is really about is that Quinn is expert at bullshitting. Um, <laughs> well, Megan, so yeah, she, you're right. You're right. She does this you're whole so right. speech where she's like, you need to do all these things so that you could be like us, the people who won nationals. And then uh, the unholy trinity do a number together. Come see about me. Mm-hmm. It's good. I like it. I mean, I wish... Santana was on lead, but that's true of basically every song on Glee. So, <laughs> yeah. including one she is the lead on. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, they could always yeah, give I mean, her wait, more. Okay. Have you, know? you ever have you ever like had Santana be on lead and been like, "Wow, I wish someone else was singing this." No. No, you're absolutely right. Um, no. But uh, I do. I don't know. It's the camera work for this song is bad. Yeah. Damn. Like you, we can barely see any of the choreography. People are yeah. completely out of shot for like parts of it, also, like as in people were dancing. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Santana's outfit is like the most like two thousand eight <laughs> like mall rat look that I've the, ever seen in my the, entire life. The striped bodycon long sleeve dress with a puffy vest over it. Are you? Yeah, that's it's like a, it's like a it's like a pleather vest, and like <laughs> that that dress. It's like that particular green color. Color I feel like was everywhere. Yeah, it's true. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Um, just something about this look really screams 2008 to well, me. And it also it's also feels weird because Britain is the only one in a Cheerios outfit, and like every other usually time, they're they're yeah. all in Cheerios outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh. it's fine i just don't see i I guess quinn has the force of personality to be the leader but not really like come on i just well maggie she's white um well you can tell that santana is feeling a little um i don't know constrained mm -hmm. by the way that they've set it out because she does like a belting bit at the very end trying to sort of show off which is great well Uh, and to wrap up the scene Marley looks physically ill, and Santana well, notices. Be- Sam, it's because she was watching the camera work. She saw the <laughs> shots that Maggie, we did. Maggie, I wish that nauseous. were true. Um, it's because she's starving herself, and the show is just, you know, throwing yes. that in. Yep. All right. Uh, the next scene is Kitty idolizing Quinn, showing her her like locker shrine with a what would Quinn Fabray do acronym. Here's, yeah. here's the thing. This is when I realized that, like, as much as, like, I kind of came around to Quinn later in, like, seasons two and three, um, I think I actually don't like Quinn because I think she is also a white Damn. supremacist. Like... She could be. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's also actually a terrible person. I so. mean, her, like, her parents were, like, totally waspy and, yeah. like, her dad got kicked out of the house because he was... I think the phrasing was like tattooed tramp. Yeah, something like that. Um, um, was his mistress something like that? Yeah, well, mostly because uh, Quinn hey, is flattered um, by this. Oh, hey Devin, um, you want to know a fun yeah. Riverdale crossover? Yeah, Quinn, I do. Quinn's dad is Hal from Riverdale. You know, Betty's I actually dad. realized that, um, and he plays a similar character. I feel. Yeah, um, uh, sort of a horrible sort of father. Similar... Sin based philosophies, I think. Yeah. But really. I agree. Typecast. <laughs> um, one of the notes I had Quinn is flattered at this shrine, and we get a little hints of the Quinn's evil piano theme, which I do appreciate. 
I'm glad that you've uh, you noticed the piano theme whenever it comes up because I, I really don't. I don't think I don't think Quinn was flattered. I feel like Quinn was creeped out. Yeah, I feel I like would Quinn be was like her face. Her face was like this is wild. You definitely shouldn't have this shrine in your locker. I don't want to be murdered, so I'm going to smile. Well, um, I, I feel like when Kitty says the shows her the what would Quinn Fabray thing do, it kind of melts her heart a little bit. She's like. They do. They do really want me to be there. Quinn does feel love to be I, idolized. I agree, but I think that she's genuinely afraid for her life here, and I think that she should be. <laughs> I mean, agreed. Kitty is yeah, terrifying. Yeah, Kitty. It, Kitty is straight up evil. Um, you know that girl has like a lot of guns too. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Quinn asks about Marley uh, as she sees like Marley across the hall or something, and everyone is like, "Oh, Marley looks so e- so ill. S- something's wrong with her." Which I guess is sort of conveyed by the actor's performance. I don't know. Um, I, I and... feel like there's a bit near the end where it's really conveyed, but the yeah, but everyone chalks up to nerves is the thing. Like yeah, uh, and. Kitty responds to Quinn by saying that Jake is the root of all of Marley's issues. Like, she's like, oh, Jake is pressuring her into sex. Jake is leading her down the wrong path because she realizes that this is a a sticking point for Quinn and Mm. that she can make Marley's life worse this way. This was honestly such a, like, evil genius plan. Like, I was honestly (laughs) very impressed because it was obviously going to work. And... I mean, it was a shitty thing to do, but, like, I was still impressed by the planning here. That is how I feel about Kitty so often. Yes. See, that's... Okay, I was going to say, I feel like this is one of the first times I've actually felt that about Kitty, because in the past, her, like, evil schemes haven't really been Well, the thing is that they don't... They don't seem sensical to us, the viewer, but people fall for them. Like, the, the, the skirt manipulation... Tina yeah, was like, again. oh, how could you be gaining two inches on your waist? Like, Every she day. She believed it. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, yeah, I just... I mean, this one is super devious and actually makes sense for once, so that's nice. It's mm. just... I mean, in the past, it, like, especially, like, a couple episodes, like, the Grease one, where yeah. Kitty, like, I don't... I, I guess that's the big one for me, because I she didn't really seem to have a goal in mind. For sure, like, she was just being friendly to Marley, and it seemed like she yeah. had devious intention, but like it didn't go anywhere. So it, I don't know what's going on with Kitty. We don't really know her like true motivation. She seems to want to destroy Marley, but like at the same time, she says supportive things to her. Is that because she realizes that when like Marley is destroyed, like the supportive things will turn around and be like, oh, Kitty was evil this whole time. I don't fucking know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, right now I'm, my money's on long con, but we'll see. <laughs> or she's just... Stupid. Um, oh, I was going to say that she's just like sort of chaotic, neutral, <laughs> doesn't really give a shit. Oh, I, I like the, she's kind of dumb and her plans backfire because she's not that smart, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so Marley talks to Jake in the next scene um, because... We see the locker chat on the other side of the hallway now um, about the dance lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, She's like, oh, you need to take that lead. You're a great dancer. You do ballet. And Jake is like, shut up. I'm trying to get on writer's good side. We're bros. Yes. Um, which then uh, Marley ditches him for lunch because she, quote, doesn't want to let the team down. She has to rehearse. That's yeah. what she says. Uh, then we go to, back to New York. Uh, T.A., Brady Brody is teaching dance 101 
for, for maybe one of the best reasons ever. Um, he says Mr. Lai said that she was tired of having to deal with the mediocrity of her students, but uh, he suspects that she's just hungover. So yeah, and Rachel like packs to leave as soon as she sees Brody. She's like. Oh. And gets, like, really huffy and yes. just goes to pack up. And then Brody's like, um, you need to chill out. You're being overly dramatic. I had sex with someone when we weren't together. Sorry that she's, like, your worst enemy, okay. but you need to chill out. Hold on. Hold on. Because, okay, I feel... Re- At first, I was like, all right, T.A. Muscle Man is right. <laughs> like, he-, he can sleep with whoever he wants. It's true. But then, he's like... You're not in high school anymore. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't need to be a condescending asshole. And then he says, uh, and I'm going to use an ableist word here that he uses. Mm-hmm. He says, don't be that crazy girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, dude. Come on. Which, like, I I think that it's reasonable to be like, hey, like, I'm sorry that you were hurt, but... You know, we're not together, and I didn't realize that, like, you wanted to do this. I thought you wanted to be with someone else, so I slept with someone else, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, And and I think that's reasonable. But you don't need to be like, you're not in high school anymore. Stop acting like a crazy girl. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's bad. Um, But Rachel's, like, main complaint is that Cassandra July is her worst enemy. Right. (laughs) Their nemesis is. Which, honestly... Rachel, you're not on Cassandra's level <laughs> in that way. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Um and she's like, That's why you shouldn't have slept with her, because she's my nemesis. And Brody's just like, What? <laughs> um uh, uh, yeah. But they reconcile and Brody says that he's gonna come cook Thanksgiving dinner at the Bushwick Loft. Yes. Um I also have a note here. Apparently tuition at Niata is thirty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, thirty k a year, which seems low, low. to oh, me. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, low. that seems cheap for sure. Um, yeah, it's maybe a sham. I don't know if this is a real thing. <laughs> so, are you saying this is a fake school? Are you saying that? Um, uh, what's Whoopi Goldberg's character's name? Uh, oh, Carmen Thibodeau. Are you saying that Carmen Thibodeau is like a con artist? What? Yes, she's just stealing their money. Um, well, Niata's like probably not accredited, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's no way. Especially because they only so, seem to have three classes. So <laughs> so the next scene is Quinn confronting the Puckermans in the McKinley hallway. Uh, she's like, you're just, you need to stay away from Marley. You're ruining her. Something along those lines. And then Puck is mean mm-hmm. and... Um, also ableist. Yeah. Yeah, more ableism and misogyny about women being hysterical when they are upset. Mm-hmm. And Quinn is just following through on what Kitty has told her, which it's not really Quinn's fault. Yeah. Um that Kitty is like a lying to her. A, a yeah. big liar. Um uh and I think it's reasonable to believe that at least uh Puck uh Noah Puckerman is like a sort of misogynistic asshole who takes advantage of people um not really so much on jake um just because he's handsome and like nice to women doesn't mean that he's an asshole um yeah but she doesn't know him very well from from her experience you know noah did some pretty shitty shit so like 
You would, I mean, people tend to assume that siblings or half siblings have similar characteristics. I mean, I guess, but that's kind of yeah. messed up. Oh, um, yeah. It's definitely Jane, not fair, no. but I do think that, like, based on the intel she has, she's just trying to stand up for Marley. Yeah. Yeah, which is nice. Um, and Jake's just like, you don't know what's going on. Um, you need to leave me alone. Yep. And that's that's the end of the scene. Then yep. we, oh, I guess Quinn closes it out by being like, we're not going to win unless you close yourself out from Marley's life. <laughs> yeah. Something, like something about how he's <laughs> distracting Marley or something. It, whatever. Then we go back to New York because we're just jumping in between these places. Can't we just do all the New York scenes at once? And then all the McKinley scenes. <laughs> how about we just have two separate shows? You know? <laughs> so then we'll all of us the... can stop watching the Both one that's at McKinley. Oh. We'll have That's the Rachel point. Berry show, um, and then the Marley then Rose Lee. show. <laughs> uh, and so we're back at Vogue.com. Kurt is shutting off the lights. So it's one a.m. That's his job, um, and he he stops shutting off the lights because Isabel is still there, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm. and they talk about Thanksgiving plans and movies. The conversation is honestly pretty boring to me. Yeah. I like I like that Sarah Jessica Parker is here. I feel like she's charismatic and cool, but I just I'm not really engaged in any of it. That's fair. She does say that she's obsessed with the French Revolution, which I'm a fan of. Um because they're talking Les Mis versus the Hobbit. Welcome mm. to 2012. Um <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and they say double feature. Oh, yeah. That double feature would literally be six hours long. <laughs> Gross. That is an untenable amount of movie time. Especially, no. especially yeah. if half of it is The Hobbit. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you, you watch The Hobbit and then you're just like sort of worn out by all the bad sort of visual effects and <laughs> unnecessary and battle scenes that like weren't even in the book and then the 60 frames per second I was gonna say, yeah, your it's, eyes like weirdly, get tired. it's like weirdly grungy for some reason uh which is like it's not it's a children's book so like go <laughs> off i guess and then and then you're gonna watch les mis um which is also grungy for some reason well, Les Mis well, be- should be grungy. Because, yeah, but they're all covered in dirt. There is I'm a reason. I'm just saying, if the- you're like, if you're coming off like the sort of exhaustion that The Hobbit puts you through, you don't want to go to through the like, no, 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 hopelessness that Les Mis launches you into. You don't, you don't you know want to see I mean? Anne Hathaway waste away on the streets. It's not. You don't want to. You don't want to see fucking. Eddie Redmayne or whatever saying empty chairs at empty tables after you just watched fucking Radagast the Brown (laughs) Wizard fly across your screen for four damn hours. And furthermore, you really don't want to hear Russell Crowe sing. (laughs) You're not in that headspace. Um, Yeah, so that that part of the conversation is wild, obviously. Uh, And then Kurt invites Isabel to the Bushwick loft for Thanksgiving once he hears her rather sad Thanksgiving plans. Have and- boundaries with your boss. Your boss is not your friend. Do not invite them to your house. You're like, are you kidding me, Kurt? Well, this is, you are a working class. Like, your dad is a mechanic. Like, you should know about this. Like, let me buy you a copy of the Communist Manifesto so you can do some thinking. Well, that's, I was going to say, he did invite her to live with 
Rachel and him um, when they first met before he even oh, had yeah. a job. So that is true. Um, <laughs> and Kurt also like the Vogue.com internship must pay really well because they were able to uh, completely furnish the apartment. So yes. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's wild. Um, apparently, what is going on at Vogue.com? <laughs> it's it's the why wild would West. he invite her? I just I'm really. <laughs> Well, the best part is she also asked if she's she can bring friends. So it's like, oh, so you could have had Thanksgiving plans. Like, <laughs> there's nothing stopping uh, you. And then finally, they close out the conversation with an inappropriate conversation about Kurt's love life. Uh, <laughs> where she tells him to accept apologies to move on. There you go. Yeah. I might be projecting onto this situation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I recently left a job where my boss, like, really wanted to be my friend. Um, sure. And sort of did that by just, like, saying a lot of transphobic things to me. Ooh. Um, Yikes. But I just don't understand why this would happen. It seems bad. Have boundaries with your boss. Your boss is not your friend. God, Kurt, jeez, move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... So we're back in yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Quinn and Kitty are doing some mentoring, um, and Quinn is like, oh, wink at the judges. You'll remind them of their youth and how they, they'll they never have that youth again, and whatever. Well, yeah, I, I wrote uh, down, she tells Kitty to seduce the judges. She should seduce that, them. That's it. So. Uh, and then Santana arrives, and Kitty is like, hola, so cool. And <laughs> Santana is just like, wow, that person is the devil. As, uh, <laughs> she as calls she her leaves. pure evil, which is not <laughs> wrong. Like Kitty is, she's a hundred percent right. Like Ugh. she called it so good. Yeah, yeah. Santana found Marley's laxatives in her bag. We see them at like booty camp. Um, Santana's rifling through Marley's things, which is like, oh, this is mentor privilege or something like that. Yeah, this is what mentors uh, do. And I she, loved that scene, honestly. I was like, yeah, good. She immediately knows that, like, Kitty has been uh, manipulating Marley. I'm not really sure how, but she, she definitely says, knows. She says that she can sense it with her psychic Mexican third eye. Um, which is, I feel like the writer's being racist and then, like, making a Latina say it. Yeah, but, it's bad. Uh, um, the... I wrote down, this is the only action she's decided to take about this, um, is, is to come confront yell Quinn. yell at Quinn? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because she's always been jealous of her, Sam. Right. Duh. Well, Quinn's, at least that's yeah. what Quinn thinks. Quinn's taken Psych 101. She knows. <laughs> and by which I mean she's taken two months of Psych 101, so. Well, Sam, she she's taken more than Psych 101, if you know what I mean. Ew. Because... <laughs> Okay, is it her philosophy professor or her psychology professor that she's having sex with? I think it's her psych Does prof. it matter? <laughs> I mean, no, but I, I, I'm a detail-oriented guy, so... Um, yeah, so they have this, like, whole fight where Quinn decides to use this, um, this illicit affair that she's having as a, I guess, a... a, a piece to you uh to use against Santana yeah yeah she's like she's like I'm an adult because I'm having sex with my professor Santana and Santana's just like what the fuck like 
the fact that you think that, like, I would be jealous of you because you're making bad decisions and sleeping with an old man who has a weird power <laughs> dynamic over you makes me even less jealous of you than I already was, which was zero. Yeah, Santana, she she cuts right to the bone. She's like, wow, Quinn's de- using another man to define her life. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And then they slaps are exchanged. They slap each other. Um, and as soon as the slaps are done, Brittany comes in and she's just like, what's happening? And they, they stop. Well, I do like... Brittany's yeah. like, oh, go let's be friends, everyone. Everyone be friends. It's like when um, my dog like breaks up my cat's fight. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you fighting? I love everyone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I honestly love this scene so much. <laughs> yeah, this is also the point of this is where we get um, Santana calling Quinn's uh, secret society a Nazi s- sorority, which yes, it's, I mean, <laughs> I I'm not going to say it's not that because I don't I, I wouldn't put it past them. I don't know I mean, the culture it's, it's of Yale. Yale. Like, yeah, um, I don't really know New the culture Haven. there except for you know Gilmore Girls references, and I don't think Nazis exist in the Gilmore Girls. Mm. Uh, timeline oh okay or is everyone a nazi <laughs> i mean they're yeah, they're maybe they're at an ivy league school so like i feel like okay just listen i love gilmore girls but like everyone's white and it is just sort of like casually racist all the time it is so... well so maybe the nazis existed and they succeeded maggie think about that oh, that's Jesus. what i'm saying um uh, so, we yeah. can't get into gilmore girls lore right now that that's not this podcast we no, get to I already next... took us on a Riverdale tangent. I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't don't apologize, really, because I want to talk about Riverdale instead of Glee. Uh, Ryder is practicing with Jake in the next scene on, I guess it's the auditorium stage. It's an intermediate space yeah, um, without it, it exists, kind of tethering to our uh, McKinley world. I was going to say, it exists somewhere between the auditorium stage and somewhere else. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it looks uh, like it, but it's definitely not there. So Ryder is uh, like trying to do the the lyrics and sing to himself as he does the dance. He is doing like the Gangnam style dance that I expect him to be doing. Yes. Uh, and he's sort of getting the Korean lyrics, but not really. Jake shows up um, to help and tells him to just sing nonsense instead of Korean, <laughs> which like, come on. Well, dude. also, it's Jake's turn to be ableist. So, yeah, he, yeah. he says something. Everybody great. get. Everybody gets a shot. This this up. Yeah. It's Glee. Yeah, I mean, I I do. I kind of like the just sing gibberish. Who cares line? Mostly because it does explain a lot about how they have succeeded in the past. Um, it also explains the performance uh, during sectionals when Tina is the only one singing yes. most of it. <laughs> yes. I have some more stuff to say about that later. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, I do right, as well. Yeah. So, but right now, there's a gross apple pie fucking joke that we got to get oh, to. Oh, yeah. Do we have to? Uh, do we have to get to that? <laughs> so, so Jake says, because Ryder is talking about his practice regimen, and Jake says, oh, did you fuck a bunch of apple pies to be good at sex? And and uh, Ryder is like, oh, he, yeah, I've done the sex but I wore with a pie, but I wore a condom, so no apple fritters. And it's like, 
What is this? What's going on? Okay. You're 15. It's weird. It's not a. It's not a good vibe. It made me they're, like viscerally uncomfortable. They're big muscle men who are definitely like 25 yes. IRL, but yeah. like they're also supposed to be 15. Right. Right. That does make it weird. I agree. That that is not great. Um, but the apple fritter joke is kind of funny. Like, no, you're just gross. <laughs> that's a good point. I am just gross. Um. um yeah. Yeah, they so Jake is like, "Oh, you just need to feel the music." And then he does some he does a dance, but it's not the Gangnam style dance. No. It's just like some freeform shit, which it's it's good obviously, he but like does a what? Dope like jump turn yes. that I liked. Yeah, um he's trained in ballet, and I just want to point out I called it. Back um, Bitch, we already knew that. No, this is the first time they've actually mentioned that he's... No. Yes. No. Yes. We we found out multiple episodes ago that Jake's mom does double shifts to pay for Jake's dancing lessons. But that's all they say. They only say that... But did we know that it was a ballet lesson? We didn't. Because I feel like this is the first mention of ballet. But I haven't watched watched these season four episodes in a while, so I really shouldn't even get into this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter. I just love the fact that Jake is trained in ballet um i love it i also love Um, the fact that they are watching this gangnam style video on a laptop that was clearly stolen directly from dalton and has like a label maker printed dalton sucks sticker it's actually the um the laptop that so when dalton steals the nationals trophy last episode they leave a laptop in its place so that hunter clarington can do like an evil monologue uh, to the glee club through this laptop uh, and jake's just like this is my laptop now yes mm-hmm. <laughs> yes i love it exactly it's very very puck of him i love that writer and jake are friends mm-hmm. i have a note here about how much i love that they're friends i just i'm really into i don't know because so many male friendships in this show are kind of corrupted by like them being i don't know antagonistic to each other for yeah. some reason, I mean, yeah, they're yeah. they're really supportive of each other. I do wish that I liked either of these characters. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I like them both. I feel like they're much more palatable than Finn. I feel like they're much more palatable than definitely Noah Puckerman. I because yeah, I mean, they're just. It's not that I don't like them. It's that I find them to be like utterly unremarkable. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. You know uh, what I mean? Like, they don't yeah. disgust me in the way that Finn and Puck often do, but I also just don't really care. Yeah. Maybe it's because you haven't watched the season four episodes. Well, I have watched them, and I forgot about them already. I figure months from now, I'll, I'll feel sim- similar to you, but I, I'm i deep entrenched in, in season four of Glee right now, and I love them. Yeah. I love them so much more than... See um, other characters. Yeah, I, I right agree. Now. I agree. With that. I think part of it is that this show does a real bad job of actually giving these characters a time to be, like, to shine. Because they yeah. keep bringing back these old people that I don't care about. And it's like, oh, look, we brought back these legends. And it's like, I don't give a shit. Like, get them out of here. I don't want them anymore. I mean, I, I, I also, sort of like, give a shit about them- some of them. I do care about them, but I also, like, don't want them to be in Ohio. It's like, 
Stop mm. coming back here. Like, you need to move on. Like, you're doing things with your life. I know you are. Like, get out of here. <laughs> what if What if the show um, sort of leaned in full force to following the last year's seniors? So we, like, had scenes in Chicago with Mike. Or we had scenes in L.A. with Mercedes and Puck. Like, what if what if that's where the show went? I don't think I would like it as much, but I think it would be better. Mo, stop eating that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I have some arugula and she stole it. Oh. You're going to puke. Go away. But she's hungry. <laughs> oh, no. She likes the way it feels on her palate. Um, speaking of, let's talk about Tommy the turkey. Ah, uh, <laughs> So we're in the Bushwick loft. And <laughs> fucking Brody Maggie, Brady TA. Maggie's like, Maggie's like, I'm a vegan, so... <laughs> So he's making a turkey in a bag, which is fine, whatever. He like use he's like, "Oh, Rachel, come over here and massage butter into this turkey." Who, which Yeah, we we've clarified in the past that Rachel is not okay, a meat eater. They they say here that Rachel is vegetarian. She has been but she canonically said vegan, vegan. Yeah, she has been canonically vegan because dairy Where? messes up her throat. So what what the Where's fuck, the Rachel vi- Berry? <laughs> Where's the vegan representation that you deserve? I mean, I, I feel like it's not unreasonable to say, like... I, kn- I knew I knew you were going to say something about this. I, like, I, I, have just... a, I have a note that's, like, Maggie is going to Maggie's gonna lose their mind. Okay, here's the thing about it, though. Is that Rachel Berry isn't great vegan representation. Like, I don't need Rachel Berry as, like, a vegan icon because people will just sort of scoff at her. Right. Um, but like, come! It's more of like a show consistency thing for me at this point. Also, then her being like, "Sorry, Mister Turkey," but then like getting into the like sexy butter rub or whatever was just like so weird. <laughs> it's weird, right? Well, especially like, as someone, yeah. Well, oh, it's for it. a corpse. Like, if you don't eat meat, like you wouldn't be into rubbing, like rubbing butter all over some no, skin. No, I get grossed out just sort of by looking at meat a lot of the time. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. She also don't want to touch it. In the past, she said that she had nightmares about the like little chickens after the she eggs. got egged by vocal adrenaline. So like, this seems like a. I, I agree. I, I mean, it's been a couple years since that. I guess like so. There's room for people to change, I guess, but they haven't addressed it and, at all. Um, so Brody is much more muscle bound than uh, Jesse St. James, so yeah. maybe she's also, just looking past the it. best part. The best part of this scene is Kurt just being like, "This is really weird. What y'all are doing?" <laughs> yeah, Kurt's, <laughs> Kurt. Kurt knows what's going on here and is similarly Kurt's disgusted. Like, Kurt's like, "Is this um? Is, th- is this what straight sex is?" <laughs> Oh man! Yes, and that's that's the end of it. That's the end of that scene. Well, and just one note from that scene: we get clarification yes. that sectionals is on Thanksgiving, and yes. it's just kind of brushed uh, off. Like they're like, "Oh yeah, it's going to sell sense. more tickets that way." Yes, whatever. Which makes zero sense. Fucking no one is going to go see high school show choir <laughs> on Thanksgiving. That's bullshit. Agreed. Ugh. So we go back to McKinley for Marley. Well, we get a transition that's sort of clumsy. Well, it, maybe it's maybe it's kind of the opposite of clumsy, or at least the writers thought it would be the opposite of clumsy. 
uh, where Rachel is like, well, during my first sectionals, I would give myself a pep talk. I'd look at myself in the mirror and say, and then we go right back to McKinley, where Marley starts her her pep talk speech to herself, uh, where she uh, talks about how she's really nervous, how she's really hungry, and then she pops, uh, pops the laxative. Before she, I I thought um, it was that she goes out on stage. I, I thought she was gonna eat a Tic Tac, but then decides not to eat a Tic Tac. Are those Tic Tacs or are those the laxatives that she's been carrying around? Or did Santana con- like confiscate those? Uh, I mean, it's never clarified. Also, she doesn't. Whatever it is, she doesn't eat it at the end. She decides she leaves it on the sink or something. So, I mean, it's whatever. bad. It's it's not good. Like this is terrible. It's all it's all really bad. Um. Yeah. So then Unique is here. Finally. Yes. Uh, Marley calls Unique uh, the wrong name. And then it's like, oh, but you're Unique now. And Unique is like, yes, I'm back. Finally, I can perform as my true self. Because if I don't, there'll be nothing for my parents to protect. Yay. Well, there. Uh, it's, yeah. tr- it's true. Like, it's a good speech. But it's also like show what if you actually gave us any of unique's narrative and also stopped fucking dead naming her every five minutes that she's absolutely. on screen absolutely yeah. absolutely and it's not just that like unique has this whole speech that is really pretty poignant i think it like hits some points that are like relevant to being a trans person but the camera is on marley's face for fucking half of it mm. like what the hell glee yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like, I don't care about Marley. I mean, it's sort of nice that, that Marley's like, I wish I was more like you. Um, but it's also like, I don't know that Unique is really being, like, particularly inspirational or whatever. Like, she's just trying to exist. Yeah. Yeah, true. The The thing that I noted that I'm not jazzed about here is that unique like offhandedly mentions that her parents are apparently considering conversion camp um which is like not like i mean i just i just wish that glee actually dealt with this as in a more serious manner than like they should deal with it by saying that like conversion camp and like her unique's parents aren't protecting her by like making her dress as a man yeah. like that is not protecting her it's just being transphobic yeah <laughs> um yeah and then we get a moment where we um i think finn says that mr shoe made up show circles yes no <laughs> well no for show that's choir a lie. maybe because also no, like as far as no. as far as finn knows you know what i mean <laughs> like this is yeah. this is a as far as Finn knows, Mr. Shu made up show circles because Finn's never heard of anyone doing anything like this before. Yeah, as far as Finn knows, um, Will created show choir. So, yeah, oh. uh, I agree. and then Finn decides to kind of church it up a little bit and have Joe do a prayer for the show circle. Um, and there is a moment where Puck is like, "Hey, hey, there are some uh, Jewish people here, so make sure that it's." Uh, first uh, like old testament and it's like hey what if there are you know people who aren't christians here or people who uh don't subscribe to this yeah i I don't know why they're doing this i think joe probably asked to do a prayer and i feel like it's fine to like do a prayer if you want to i just Um, i I mean i the thing 
it's just uncomfortable a little bit. It just feels I, I, un- inappropriate. I do appreciate a moment where they come together, like, spiritually. It's just... It doesn't really jive with, like, the... Uh, with Being a high school choir? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the characters that already exist here. Like, I know that some of these characters are pretty, like, religiously bound and are really into that part of their lives. But other characters have shown no sign of that being a part of their life. Well, and, like, well, but don't I think, say anything but I about think, this. I think maybe what it is here is that they're, like, ostensibly, like, friends with Joe. Right? Sure. So mm-hmm. Joe's like, I want to do a prayer. This is important to me. And the other characters are like, okay, man, if this is important to you, like, we'll stand in your circle while you do a prayer. Try not to make it too weird, though. See, I, if they had done it that way, I'd be fine with it. But they didn't. They have Finn But instead, saying, Finn, yeah. We're going to do a prayer Finn's now. Finn's idea. Yeah. Yes. Which. Yeah. Uh, and then he closes it off with a speech where he's like, we're, th- we have legacy people here. You need to prove yourselves something along those lines a very will pep talk yeah yeah and uh puck is wearing a weird scarf in this scene by the way i just wanted to make a point i had a note about that too i feel like i liked it on the level of like i'm glad that puck is like feeling um comfortable enough with his masculinity to wear scarves scarf he's sort of like he's trying to branch out a little bit fashion wise he's trying some stuff out like, I'm here for that, but um, it didn't look good, so. I sort of expected a soul patch on his face no. um, with yeah. the outfit. No. I feel like he's just feeling himself out, trying to find his look, you know? Yeah. And I, I think I he's fine, su- but he I, hasn't found it yet. And, you know, going back to my uh, Sam and Maggie hate Glee roots, I do have some resilient sentiment for Puck. I, I, I do like him. Um in a way, you know. Yeah, I like yeah. the fact. I like the fact that he's always sort of like done what he wants uh, when it isn't hyper masculine. Yeah. Um, sort of in contrast to Finn, who's always like really worried about that, and Puck's always just like, I am the most masculine, and I do whatever the fuck I want. And that includes wearing this scarf. Yeah. 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 He's a very self possessed person. Uh, which I can really appreciate, uh, but at the same time, like the misogyny yeah. and like <laughs> gross jokes, then I would be like way more into it. Yeah, same. Yep. Um, also, this you know, there's the whole issue with the actor where it's just like yeah, man. yeah, and it's hard to really div- like divorce that from Puck as a character, which is unfair, maybe. But I, mean, I, don't, know. I don't know if it is unfair, honestly. I think it's I think it's um always something that you have to at least consider. Yep. Like I think if you are the type of person who can be like, well, you know what? I still like this character. That's fine, but also I think you have to hold space for people who can't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now we are at sectionals. It's happening. Who are the judges, Sam? Uh we have the obituary editor for a local paper. Um, uh, I put down here train historian, um, mm. and then uh, choo choo, <laughs> and then <laughs> Miss Catfish, um, is the third. And people fucking go wild for Miss Catfish. <laughs> but that was the best name. I my only note about this is I don't care about these judges. Catfish Queen is a good title though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. First up are the Dalton Warblers. Led by Hunter Clarington, who um, introduces them as the Warblers, says that says his name, Hunter Clarington. 
It was it was weird, it is, right? That like, is weird. Everyone does that. He's like, I'm Hunter Hunter Clarington. These are the Warblers. Enjoy our performance. Yeah. <laughs> Find me on LinkedIn. Um, I mean, he definitely mentions his name so that we, as the viewers, remember that he's been introduced before. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do just call him the Flash in my notes. So <laughs> that's that's wrong. That's not even the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Sebastian is the Flash. No, I know. <laughs> my, my favorite thing is Sebastian uh, is really a, greasy. It's a now. commentary on the fact that the warblers all look the are same. so generic. Yeah, but it is. Yeah, I literally don't care about them at all, and I will call the head warbler the Flash from in no matter what season we're in. Cool. Um, yeah, they do whistle, which feels interesting. It's. Oh, can we talk about this song? Like, is it about blowjobs? Yes. Or is it about, like, music? No, it's absolutely about blowjobs, Maggie. There's no way it's about... <laughs> any, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, whistling, haha. But, like, it's about blowjobs, for sure. Okay. That's, I That makes me like it more, though, in a way. <laughs> me too. Because, well, who doesn't love a good blowjob, first of all? Second, second of all... It's like a bold gay choice from a all male choir, you know. So like, well, yeah, I feel fine. like the I feel like there is some genderization in the song that implies that it is a woman who is giving the blowjob. But I I think you're just being maybe you know, you're just brainwashed maybe. by heteronormativity. Uh, I like the song. I like both of their numbers. Really, I think the Dalton performance is great. Boring. <laughs> I loved it. There's flips and <laughs> Hunter Back Clarington to looks a sort bell. of like backflip to a bell. And you want to know what? I was still bored. <laughs> I I put down um, Hunter raps okay. He raps okay. In all of in all of the close-ups of Hunter Clarington's face, he looks sort of like mournful and sad. I I don't know what's going on there. I think that's but, just his um, aesthetic. Maybe. Uh, this whole episode, which it's going to come up really soon in a big way, but this whole episode feels a little bit like musical blackface. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is a lot of white characters singing, like, songs by black artists and black communities and putting on, like, an affect that's very, like, I don't know, like, aave E. Dev, are you talking about the Rosendale Mennonites? Yes. When they, uh, that yes, a, of course. That was a joke. Um, yeah. Okay. So the they do whistle, and then they do live while we're young with Sebastian on lead. Yeah. Uh, which was this is the height of One Direction. Yes. Uh, you know popularity, and they do the jumps from the music video. I'm, listen, I'm not saying I was a One Directioner. I really wasn't. There was just a lot of, like, Glee, One Directioner crossover in the fandom. Okay, so I consumed a lot of ha- it okay, on first Tumblr. first of all, you don't need to, like, make a disclaimer about this. Like, One Direction um, <laughs> is a pretty good band, so... They are. They're actually really good. I love it. Yeah. I've, uh... And Harry Styles is a bi icon, so... Yeah. I- I've decided for the new year that I'm going to stop... Uh, I-, I refuse to judge people based on their musical interests, like fuck yeah it just, dude. it just seems like such a stupid thing to judge people on like that is that uh, is a... i'm i'm gonna continue to judge people that's fair. for their musical interests <laughs> but i'm happy for you thank you um it's mostly because i my boyfriend is a taylor swift fan and we have to watch the rest of the reputation <laughs> tour 
video tonight. Oh, I see. So. so this is just to sort of get through your life personally without, like, your relationship collapsing? Yeah. Um, Sam, I feel like you can judge Taylor Swift as a person sort of disparate from her music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, that's true. Yeah, this is another this is another situation where it's Suffering like... Separating the artist from maybe the art. You can't, yeah. Maybe you can't celebrate, ta- like, separate Taylor Swift from the fact that she's, like... A uh, white supremacist, maybe, or at least has a really big white supremacist like fandom. Mm-hmm. But a, a little turfy, a little white supremacist, you know. Yeah. But like some of her songs are bangers. So. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of, uh, yeah, Live Warring is great. Sebastian is kind of greasy now. I wrote down. Oh, he is sweaty as hell. Like <laughs> yeah. all the warblers are. They're sweaty, and it's because of all the fucking sweet flips. Yes. They do so many flips. They do so many flips. Yes. Uh, it'd make me sweaty too, man. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I wrote down, this ends on a shot of the sick and nervous Marley. Um, or at least yeah. we're supposed to think that. I mean, I honestly, I don't know. This actress kind of just looks like. Uncomfortable? Yeah. Yeah. Which they haven't really given her a lot to do other than, you know, act out this kind of terrible yeah. plot line. So yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, so let's move to a better place. Um, it's it's the Bushwick Loft. We're starting dinner. Tommy is. I done. don't know if I would say this is better. This is the musical blackface that I was talking about. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty not chill with this song. It's, it's a lot of. I w- okay. Oh, but, but, okay. I have then in my this... notes. Is this gay appropriation? It sort of yeah, feels no, like it. It's, it's like specifically like black like okay like trans at women and drag queen appropriation okay but then like this is ball but, culture but the, but this is that's the song's fault then not like i mean sure but Glee's it's fault also for choosing Glee's the fault song, for choosing but, it come on okay no i mean sure i'm just i, I just want to make it clear because we let's just set up the are stage you, here. sam sam are you here and you are you ready to make it clear i am um because <laughs> rachel is telling kurt about how she misses the singing holidays which again not a thing oh like, yeah the um like the she used to do holiday medleys with her dads um and how that's probably over now it's like okay, okay whatever yeah. rachel um <laughs> and yeah Tommy i did like Turkey's- her being like we're still gonna do holiday medleys. You know we are. Like, don't even pretend like this is over. Shut up. Uh, Tommy the turkey is done. He's presented, and then people are at the door. Shangela is here. Yes. Um, she looks a little busted compared to current day Shangela. <laughs> yes, but, but like she's still here. Yeah. Man, I love Shangela. I'm okay with it. I mean, she fine. looks. She looks. She looks great. So there's that. I mean. And also, like at least they have like some a drag queen other <laughs> like drag like a drag queen, a single drag queen. I think there is also one other black person. Um, they did it. Yeah. The, you know, the they background. got their quota. They did it. Uh, I mean, that's more than the original music video. So you know, I would feel like yeah, better this song is about appropriative to begin with, and then yeah. like the fact that Glee then decided to cover it is just like I don't know. I'm just not chill with it. I don't like this song. I don't like the original. I don't like this. Yep. I I completely agree. I have in my notes that this mashup is like basically a fucking fever dream. Like it's super strange. <laughs> yeah. This is like um, this is like colonialism. The mashup. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so to clarify, the, we're talking about they sing "Let's Have a Kiki," um, and then in the middle of this, <laughs> Rachel throws in "Turkey Lurkey Time," which it's wild. <laughs> it is the, that part is bizarre. Like, what if? Okay, what if the what if they did let's have a kiki but instead of having like a thanksgiving dinner at the bush loft uh kurt and rachel went to like a drag show for thanksgiving oh my god what if that, that- would be better especially if um the drag queens were people of color because like ball culture is like gay of color like queer of color yeah culture totally so. i completely agree and I, like the even the performance of the number makes it so obvious that it's like not chill, you know? Yeah, well, and Rachel saying "hunty" is like really embarrassing. <laughs> well, okay, I did. I I listened to like the studio version of this after I watched the episode, yes. and they can't say the word "motherfucker," so instead they just say "mother," which at some point is bizarre, but. There is some part of like it seems Kurt- like Kurt it seems like Kurt is calling Isabel mother. Exactly. <laughs> well he yeah, there that's definitely the vibe. Uh bef- the song starts with Isabel on the phone doing the talking bit yeah. uh before Let's Have a Kiki, which is weird. Yep. Um you know, usually I'm down for Glee doing the weird talking bits like Maggie, uh, people in character. Yeah. Um, usually, it has to be Blaine. <laughs> I'm sort of biased, um, but it's it's really not great, folks. It's pretty bad. Maggie, you know that M- like the number in some ways is like dynamic, and there's like cool dancing, and like it's the most visually interesting scene of the entire episode. Agreed. But I am too distracted by the fact that it's also just like really apparent that um, no one here is a black drag queen. <laughs> except for Shangela. I was say, Shangela's pretty Ooh, except for Shangela. Yeah. And Shangela is basically just there to be like, it's okay. There's one. Yes. Yeah, she's their token. And she doesn't <sighs> she doesn't really sing like she's not on lead. No. Sarah what Jessica if she Parker was? is on lead. What if Shangela like, was on lead though? <laughs> what if Shangela was was Kurt's like, boss at Vogue.com? Like it's, it's the people singing are Sarah Jessica Parker, Lee Michelle. And, uh, 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 what's Chris his name Colfer. who plays Kurt? Chris Colfer, yes. Yeah. And it's like, and y'all are... White. White. The song is sort of weirdly framed around Brody, like, trying yes. to be like, Brody, this is what we're doing. It's a kiki. Because like, they, they do it, it's like a flash mob, because they're doing the dance from the music video, and they, like, teach Brody yes. how to be gay. Um, which is <laughs> also weird. Sam... He already knows. He goes to Miata. <laughs> well, but he apparently doesn't, because, like... No, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, But uh, at the end of the scene, Rachel declares that this is the best Thanksgiving ever. Um, Do we want to talk about turkey lurkey time? Because... No, <laughs> I really, really don't. It's Rachel's, really bad. Rachel's little, like, hand motion that she does of, like, a turkey tail... Is... Um... Yeah. Is... Both 
upsetting and sort of cute in a way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just think Leah Michelle's hot. Like <laughs> I just I just think Leah Michelle's hot. I'm sorry that I'm gay. I don't know what to tell you. No. Leah Michelle is hot. Listen, I agree with you, but Turkey Lurkey time made me want to turn my skin inside out. It was really <laughs> but it was, bad. But-, but her little tail was like pretty cute when she did that like in that red dress and she just like it like really focused on her butt for a second. <laughs> well, and my, my favorite part is that afterwards um or not afterwards the second time i watched it they keep the beat from let's have a kiki through turkey lurkey time no it's so bad so, though it's, it's such a it's such a bizarre choice to make and, and like, the way that it's like cinematographically framed like rachel is just like oh pause everyone turkey lurkey time yes. and everyone's like whoa what but then they're in it they're in for it they're like yes <laughs> it's true though. it's true though that everyone at first is kind of like this is weird but then they're like oh this girl can sing and then they get back into it <laughs> yeah <sighs> so that's the bushwick dinner <laughs> Yes. Uh, and we're back in McKinley. Oh, Sue, Emma, and Will are in the audience. Sue has, like, this plan to make her daughter awaken as soon as as uh, New Directions get on stage so that she can scream all the way through their performance. Honestly, it wouldn't be that different from what the audience did during the Dalton number, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Sue underestimates the crowds at, uh, in the Glee universe, but... Uh, yeah, and then we get the Rosedale Mennonites who do a mashup of Over the River and Through the Woods, and she'll be coming around the mountain. Um, also, like, America? Yeah, there's, well, they sing the word America at the very end, so <laughs> I don't know. It's very quick. It's, the way that it's, yeah, the way that it's kind of montage, it kind of implies that all of these numbers are done in su- succession, and we just don't see all of them. Uh, well, no. But it is it, called, like, a mashup in the song, like, listing. It, could, the, so. the issue is, I feel like it's not... I, if they're trying to imply that they're doing these three individual songs, they did a very bad job of it because it just like sounds like a single song where they just kind of mash some words together. Honestly, I think they're really good. <laughs> they <laughs> do you not agree? I, I mean, they're not. They're I, not. Bad. I think they're really proficient. That... They I, I... yeah. They sound good. The banjo playing, um, while obviously what it wasn't actually happening, um. Was good. Mm-hmm. I would be impressed if someone was playing banjo that way at a show choir competition. What about the um, spoons? Did you like the spoons? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm I just did. more impressed. I don't know if I'd say I like them, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, we see various reactions through the audience. The warblers love it. Uh, certain members of New Directions, especially Santana, are like, "What the fuck?" Yes. And uh, I-, I think. Um, Near the end, like, people are just like, fuck, yeah, this is great. <laughs> like, kind of jamming out with the spoons. Uh, that's the song, though. It's over. Yes. Um, and then we... So New Direction seems to be getting ready backstage. Um, Sam peeks out from the curtain to see Shu to tell everyone he's there, I guess. I don't, Blaine gets a call. This is the important part. Yeah. Blaine gets a Kurt call Kurt calls Blaine. Yeah. Uh, Kurt is on the fire escape of the Bushwick Loft talking to Blaine on the phone. They have a heartfelt conversation about forgiveness and uh, like how they're still each other's best friends. Kurt uh, tells Blaine that he believes that he's sorry, but he can't forgive him yet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like that's a pretty reasonable thing to say. And I think it was, I agree. 
it was probably what Curtin needed to do is like reach out to Blaine and be like, hey, listen, like I want I want to like reconcile, but I just am not there. Yeah. Um, I will say, and I, I'm sorry, Maggie, if this offends you, but I really <laughs> am not buying Darren Chris's acting in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's but you're not supposed to because Blaine is an evil demon. Yeah, he doesn't care. Okay, well, that's the only possible explanation because I feel like normally I do get, like, invested in Darren Chris and his emotions. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because I came into this, like, in the middle of the season with n- less context, so I wasn't as, like, emotionally involved anyway. But I was just I was just not believing this cry. I was like, okay. You don't care about well, this, but it's whatever. a pretty similar performance to what Blaine has been doing in the past few episodes. Sort of in the throes of like despair, dis- yeah, yeah, dis- despair and passion. Oh, I, I am so distraught. I have destroyed my romance. I, I could never, I could never be Danny Zuko. Maybe Teen Angel, but probably not. <laughs> like he's, he's that's well, that is like very correct for the character. I feel. <laughs> He's very in his feelings all the time. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, I, I like the the character choice. Um, I just don't. I don't buy this acting. That's fair. Sure. Yeah. He, I feel you. Yeah. There. I mean, Kurt essentially. I think part of it is that Blaine only gets to like cry during the scene. Like Kurt kind of mm-hmm. shuts him down at yeah. the top, which is probably how it should happen. But like Blaine is probably at his best when he gets to say shitty, like not shitty overly dramatic things because it's funny um but like kurt overly romantic dramatic things yeah, of course but like kurt kind of takes over this conversation to be like i don't want to hear your apologies anymore so he um yeah which is definitely the right thing to do so that blaine stops blowing up his phone yes, all the time with like apologies uh yeah. and clayne are going to reunite at christmas mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen at christmas but they will see each other uh, they close out the phone call by Blaine saying um, that he loves Kurt and Kurt um, agreeing that he loves Blaine, too. So, yep, that's where and they're then, at. Um, Kurt, well, cause, so I guess we didn't cover this. Kurt is outside on, like, the fire escape of the Bushwick Walk. Yes. Maggie said that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so then he returns to the... Uh, to the party that they're having, um, the let's have a Kiki beat is still going on, and there's a slow motion bit where he like and hugs people are Isabel. still dancing. Yeah, like are they just fucking? Is the turkey getting cold? Is nobody eating Tommy the turkey? That's even more of a waste. I disapprove. Maybe they're all um, vegetarian slash vegan, Maggie. <laughs> it is New York. I don't know how they feel about that kind of. Brody thing. has it to eat New that York turkey, and whole. they are all gay. So yeah. They're probably vegan, too. Because <laughs> uh, Kurt's not eating the turkey because he said that, like, what Brody and Rachel did grossed him out too much. Yes. Uh, so Brody does have to eat I, that turkey by himself. I couldn't eat I that. I think that, that that was the right choice. <laughs> yes. if, I mean, even if I wasn't vegetarian, if I was Kurt, I would be like, uh, no, thanks. no, I, I saw that, actually. You <laughs> had straight sex. With the turkey as an intermediary. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, yeah. Anyway, Isabel catches Kurt's eye and she makes a beeline for him uh, because they are conne- connected like mystically um, through her like fairy godmother powers and they hug. Yes. She, she gives him a wiggle of her eyebrow and then they know to shimmy instead of shake. Um, and this is all over like sad glee music. And by sad glee music, I mean kind of the there's a single snare drum. <laughs> 
and <laughs> yes um and you know some like doop doop doops you know what i'm saying some doop doop doops um the next scene also has some pretty like i i i don't know i feel like this is pretty iconic for glee there's like haunting chimes because marley's having yeah. like a break with reality the the haunting chimes as marley dissociates and like has a panic attack yeah. pretty much um which is adequate sound editing perhaps uh kind yeah. of helping helping along melissa benoist's performance uh and marley nearly passes out backstage uh, jake comes up to her and tells her that it's just nerves ev- before even asking what her problem is he's so like you're just nervous and she's like oh well let me enumerate my problems for you um she feels that like if they don't succeed it's all her fault that she has um, been sleeping she, like she hasn't been sleeping uh, that she sweats all the time both of these things are probably because she's not eating yes. um and if she is eating she's um not getting the nutrients from that food so yeah they should probably be more upfront story-wise about that shit but whatever it's fine which i mean i feel like the more egregious part of this scene is not jake's response necessarily but it's Ryder like spying mm. on it seeing that marley is having a full-on like spin out panic attack and being like jake i need to talk to you for a second yeah yeah Ryder pulls jake away um can i steal you away for a second jake <laughs> Let's go have a talk on the gazebo veranda. Um, And uh, Ryder wants Jake to take the lead, seemingly because um, Jake is going to do better. So the whole team will do better if Jake is in the lead, which could you could rationalize as like that's how he's helping Marley is like by interrupting their heart to heart. I don't know. It seems to be Jake seems to feel like that's the reason for him, I guess. I don't. It's so. Because, yeah, because they say, like, we have to win, which, again... But either way, like, why would you just leave Marley like that? Like, she's spinning out. That's one of my biggest complaints with this entire episode is there are so many people who, like, notice that there's something wrong and no one does anything. No one does yeah, a fucking Yeah, no one actually thing. talks to fucking Marley. Everyone talks to everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> no one is like, hey, Marley, what's going on? Except for Santana when she finds the laxatives then, and Marley just lies. Yeah, and then she goes and talks to Quinn. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, then we finally get to their performance. Um, Tina is on lead for Gong Style. Can, okay. we, can we make a point? T- two points here. One, how is everyone just chill with like the choreography being drastically changed with Jake in the lead? I don't know. Um, um, and- I mean, I feel like if he steps in like for writer's role and they just like swap then like it's fine but, if like but how they're they, in the exact same places that they were in I mean, before at the when we see this they're all essentially doing the same dance anyway so i don't think it's actually that yeah. big of a change because they're all doing the same like gun style the, dance so but there's the partner bit with Brit- jake or, and Brittany. i mean i think Brittany's just a pro it's yeah, true. Brit- Brittany, Brittany wouldn't even notice that they switched. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> she'd literally. Like, Are you kidding me? Guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, she wouldn't. She'd, she'd just be like, oh, the man that I am dancing with. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta dance. <laughs> true. Must dance. Uh, and the second point I want to make on this song is that Tina is finally on lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. But, but why does it have to be this song? <laughs> okay. My I mean, note for this is. Yes. My note for this is. 
oh my god, poor Tina, it's like she doesn't exist. Does she get to lead this one because it's in Korean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, like, first of all, when I first saw her on the stage, I was like, oh my god, Tina's still on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Because there have been moments this season where when Finn says something, Tina's like, you're an idiot. We're all going to die. That's really the the main, what she's done this season. This episode, she literally wasn't in it at all. Like, she wasn't in it. She's not in anything. Also, like, Tina also won nationals. Yes. It's true. Like, legends stand before you, but um, fuck Tina, I guess. Like, And fuck Artie, too. Legends what? stand among you, but not really. <laughs> well, but Artie is, like, talking a big game also, but, like, Tina, like, doesn't exist. And then they remind you she exists for this song, but then it's like, why is why 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 is this the song that Tina gets lead on? I think, and I mean, we know why, and it's because of um racism. Yeah, they figured that it, it would be really bad optics to have say, um, yeah. someone who isn't Asian sing this song um, when there is an Asian person on stage. Which, like, giving you a little bit of credit there, yes, Glee, it would be bad, but also. <laughs> Like, come on. Yeah. And Tina does a fantastic job. I think she sounds really good. Oh, yeah. Yes. She sounds amazing. Also, it, like, wouldn't be that bad. Okay. If Tina had lead on this song, but also had a character arc and or ever got <laughs> to sing any other song all the way through, then I wouldn't have a problem with it. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. great. A-, a lead for Tina. She sounds good. Like, awesome, but that's not what has happened. Tina has no character arc, nothing happens with her, she's used as a joke, and she doesn't get to sing lead on anything except this, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, straight up. You are completely right. Yeah. And other characters have been left to the wayside this episode as well. Like, Mercedes and Unique have, like, two interactions that we see we see on screen, and it's just them, like, squeeing as they, like, touch hands. Yes. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Right. Yeah. Um. I. I also. The, oh. This the, Glee cannot focus on anything but white people. Like they're just incapable. Yeah. It's true. Yes. Um. I. I also know it's finally that Tina gets a lead. Um. The first. The first time I watched it. Uh. One of the big things I really had a problem with is that. Um. In addition to everything that you guys have already said, also like the way that this song is stylized for Tina singing it comes off as like super stereotypical of being like what do you mean because she's doing like the like sexy asian lady like but which i'm not saying she is a sexy asian lady. no yeah i'm I'm just i'm saying again if they had actually given us any kind of arc like if it wasn't just trotting out like here's a stereotype she she's asian so she can learn korean like I just feel like there's a lot of factors that all make this egregious and terrible. Also, like, I don't think Tina is Korean. I, I, I Again, like, I also don't think she's Korean either, but, like... We've got... We've we've heard before that, like, Tina is Chinese. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, But honestly, it's not important. No. And, like, Glee should have just known better. Yep. Um, They should have just given her an actual character arc... Yeah, um, totally. This whole about- episode should have been about Tina and her interacting with her friends that came back and about Mercedes and Unique, uh, like, talking to each other about their problems and Unique getting to 
maybe have a conversation with her parents about why it's so important to her that she um, presents femme. Yeah. Like, be who she is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that would have been interesting, and then we still could have had like this thing about the dance lead or whatever, but it wouldn't have been like one of eight generic plot lines. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yep. Uh, Jake does some cool flips during the song, uh, I guess, to rival Dalton, and then there are some confetti guns yep. uh, that <laughs> a few people have, and then at the culmination of the song marley passes the fuck out um she is completely down for the count yeah which we Uh, also we also jump into marley's head um like right before this happens because the music starts cutting out and like which pisses me off also like it's like let tina finish her song please yeah well and yeah because the visuals are terrible too like because like things like i will say I think that they did an okay job of, like, trying to indicate, like, that Marley is, like, having, like, sensory overload and, like, yeah. disassociating hard. Mm-hmm. Um, like, as a person who experiences both of those things, I was kind of like, okay, this is a this is a semi-fair visual representation. Like, everything's confusing and bad to look at. That is what it's like. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I, I think the artistic choices are good um, to convey that. But also, and I think it's worthwhile to convey some of those things. I just don't, I don't like this plot line at all. Yeah. Like, it really frustrates me. Well, and again, because the thing is, once again, like, going back to the thing about how w- they didn't address the fact that the symptoms that Marley talks about are most likely due to the fact that she's not eat like, she's not eating well and, you know, starving herself, essentially. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the show is making, like, kind of a cheap grab at this. And, like, yes, they're portraying this well, but they're not doing a good job of, like, I don't know, explaining themselves or giving enough, like, background for it to, like... I don't know. It's just... It makes me angry. I hate this plotline yeah. a lot, so... Anyway, the episode is over. This is finally uh, a moment where New Directions has only done a single song yes. at sectionals. Yes. Uh, and that's it. It's done. I don't know... Li- I- we have to assume that they had another song prepared. I don't know why they would do the fucking confetti thing in the middle of their verse number. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, they said earlier there's a Blaine Marley duet, but we didn't see it. And usually they start with nope. it. So maybe Finn just decided to make a radical decision. I don't know. Anyway, it's the closest Whatever. thing. Maybe, yeah. Go for it. maybe there's more confetti cannons later. Or like maybe they escalate. <laughs> maybe they escalate. And it's like in the next number, there's flamethrowers. Kind of, maybe, a, maybe a girthier confetti cannon. Maybe a human cannon. Um. <laughs> yes, the human, human cannon makes an appearance. Yes, yes. they shoot Brittany into the audience. Uh, uh, and that is the episode yes uh we did we it are, folks we've, we've already done a punched up version of it but now we have to consider the reality of what we've just seen and do the podcast business mm. <laughs> podcast business <laughs> but it's a metaphor and metaphors are important gold stars are important because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor, metaphor for me being a star great now we're going to do gold stars uh, after Sam's very small rendition of our podcast business song. Devin, you're going to go first as the guest. Okay. Um, 
I have do I have to? Uh, yes. That is the one rule. The thing is is that I don't know. Everybody does a really bad job in this episode. Mm. I feel like like normally I just if I don't know who to give it to, I give it to Santana. That's usually my sort of <laughs> rule of thumb. She did she did um, confront Quinn about the Nazi sorority. Yeah, and she the laxatives. Did, which was a very good moment for her. However, she knows Marley is having these problems and chooses not to do anything about it other than confront Quinn. Mm-hmm. Like, why does she's her mentor. Like, why doesn't she talk to Marley about it? Why don't we get a scene where, well, maybe she did and Glee just didn't show us. That would be very like them. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I feel like uh, they should show us because this is literally a TV show. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, okay. All right, here's here here's my gold star. Here's my gold star. I have it. Mm-hmm. I am giving my gold star to Skeet Ulrich for giving nice. Marley a bouquet of kittens. <laughs> He's not even shown on the show. I like it. I, I'm I'm down for that. Um, Can are, you... are we talking like current uh, Skeet, like FP? Uh, yeah, Skeet. Okay, Ski Ulrich gets my gold star. He gets a gold star for being a supportive uh, <laughs> cast dad on Instagram. He gets a gold star for being in Marley's dream and giving her a bouquet of kittens, being the only one to actually do something to support Marley this episode. And <laughs> I... uh, and he gets a gold star for being um, Jughead's dad. Cool. Yeah, uh, FP Jones, Ski Ulrich. That's my gold star. If you don't like it, don't ask me back to guest. Cool. All right, Maggie. Do you want to go Sam. next, or is it me? Uh, I think it's going to be me because you've gone first for like the last three episodes, and I don't stop Coolio. you. Uh, I'm good with that. Let's see. Fuck, I really don't know either. Honestly, it's it's such a shit show this episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll give my gold star to Ryder. Hmm. No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. I've changed my mind. Um, hmm. I'm going to give my gold star to... Um, I believe in you. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to give my gold star to Santana. Okay. Sure. I mean, yeah, again, no one really comes out clean on this episode. I'm, I'm going to give my gold star to Jake. Like, okay, I was thinking about Jake too. Yeah. I, I, the only thing I, I, the reason why I didn't choose Jake is because he, he sacrifices like he doesn't let his he puts his light under a bushel, sure. you know, like. But in a, in a way that he shouldn't be afraid to admit that he's like an an amazing ballet dancer. He should just embrace it and like accept his true self. I mean, I I didn't read it that way. For me, it was more that like he was trying to be compromising with writer yeah which like that's yeah. i mean i don't know i think it's good i think obviously there's some still issues like we've already talked about santana has issues where she doesn't do enough jake has issues where he doesn't do enough and that's the thing there's no one who does enough and that's the problem here yeah so that's the episode is that no one does enough for marley um not even the plot yeah. um so let's move on to a sounds like oh a similarly hard topic um the best number Yes, the best number. Best numbers. Best let's, numbers. Let's do Our it. options are Homeward Bound slash Home, the mashup at the beginning. Come and See About Me by the Unholy Trinity. 
live while we're young. Oh, no, sorry. Whistle. Then live while we're young. Both of the Dalton numbers. Then let's have a kiki slash turkey lurky time. The the mashup from hell. (laughs) And then Gangnam style. Oh, you forgot over the river and through the woods slash she'll be coming down round the mountain slash America question mark? Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Slim I consider that, this up, huh? I consider that as a joke number. <laughs> um so Dub's Devin, your first. Yeah. Okay. Um I am going to choose uh the Come See About Me number. All right. By yeah. the unholy trinity. I think that's my pick. Nice. Um Okay, I understand what's going to happen when I announce my best number. Um, no, I'm Sam. I'm next. Fuck, oh. you always try to go in front of me. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> you just said it happens a lot, so it does. Maybe, maybe I'm just and used I'm, to it. I'm gonna try to start sticking up for myself. <laughs> okay, I'm proud of you. I support well, you. Thank you for your support. Uh, I'm choosing "Live While We're Young" by The Warblers. Nice. Yeah, of course, of course, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are both really good numbers. Um, I'm picking let's have a kiki slash turkey lurkey time. Oof. I know. I knew you were going to. <laughs> um, honestly, Sam, I understand. Because it is the best number in a lot of ways. Yes. I just um, It's just also, like, so fucked up. I can't. That's, I and- really wish that they, the Chandela had been on lead instead of just, like, in the shot occasionally. That's what I'm saying. If Shangela had been on lead, I feel like my feelings about it would be really different. Yeah, and I completely... I, I, I agree with both of you on that. Like, I think part of it is... And, I mean, this isn't a good excuse, but, like, <laughs> I am part of, like, the, like, shitty, like, white gay culture. <laughs> so... You, you are a white gay man, and you yes. must embrace the shittiness. I mean, I don't have to. I just do. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I mean, Christ. no, I, I, I agree. I think it would be way better if we had more people of color, if, you know, it wasn't so appropriative of black gay culture. But I mean, I just, I'm really gay and I really like it. So it is, it is nice that they're at least making a reference to ball culture. Like they do like some like ball moves it, yeah. and it's yeah. not, they're not poorly done. You know, there is a drag queen there. Shangela is present. Maybe two. I feel like the woman who there's a woman who well a drag queen who introduces them who just is yeah someone. I mean, I mean, but you're right. It's a TV show. Like, if there's gonna be a drag queen to be representative, I think they need to have like brand recognition. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Which they had Shangela, Uh, who is 2012. But yeah, they've got Shangela. I guess they could have had. I don't know. RuPaul. Yeah, but that feels yeah, weird. Was... I don't think Rue would do that. No. Rue is above glee. Listen, <laughs> I I understand that I'm in a in a, in a, a, po- a figurative podcast room of <laughs> Drag Race fans here. No, but, but... Rue is a bad person. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, really bad. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think we can consider that Rue has, like drastically changed the drag landscape for basically everyone like yeah Yeah. uh queer people and not queer people alike um but that doesn't make rue not a bad person yeah i mean 
RuPaul is not the arbiter of drag, which is, I think, something that's getting a little lost in today's society, for straight people especially, which is why I like this. A trans woman is on All Stars 4, though, so there is that. Didn't they change it from gentlemen start your engines to ladies and gentlemen start your engines? I think so, yeah. be respectful of her? Yeah. I thought... I think that that's something. It uh, doesn't really outweigh the like constant stream of transphobia um, coming out of RuPaul's mouth, but right. it's something. Little little, little baby steps. <laughs> I mean, if if bigger steps than Glee has ever taken. Sam, that's I'm true. like I, I'm giving you a hard time, but I understand why you chose this as your best number, and I respect your decision. Yeah, I mean, mostly because I listened to it again afterwards, and I was like, "Fuck, I actually." If you listen to it enough times, you, Sam, the turkey lurking time, banger? <laughs> the turkey lurking bit actually fits. If you listen no, to it, no, it, it does not. It, no. does, it sort of does. It's a very interesting mashup, in my opinion. I yes. actually feel like the turkey lurking part was like one of my favorite parts of it because I, I, it was. <laughs> I just feel like both of the Sarah Jessica Parker mashups have been garbage. Like I just don't like either of them. I'm not yeah. here for it. I mean, well, I I've already expressed how I feel about Isabel. She is the bourgeoisie. Um, <laughs> like, she, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying when the revolution comes, it's not looking good for <laughs> fucking Isabel. Uh, oh, so, God. that is the episode. Well, we have complete. The rating. Oh, fuck. We have to do the slushy ratings. God. Okay, Devin, you're next. Yeah, okay. It's. It's uh, one through five slushies, right? That's well, that is system. correct. Zero through five, if you're feeling real sure, generous. Sure, 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 no. sure. Well, I'm not going to give this episode zero slushies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, honestly, there are not a lot of things that I liked about this episode. <laughs> it was overall pretty bad. <laughs> and I'm going to give it four slushies. Damn. I mean, uh, it makes sense. Yeah, I can appreciate it, uh, that choice. There are a few things I liked about the episode. I liked Ryder and Jake being friends, uh, which has not been the case in the past few episodes. Instead, they were like pitted as romantic rivals. Now they are true bros uh, because, uh, Devin, if you probably don't remember, but Ryder... Uh, confessed to jake that he can't read and then jake went and talked to an adult which in his mind is finn um (laughs) (laughs) well finn uh, is wearing those old man cardigans now so (laughs) yes uh and then like writer and jake bonded because like writer realized that like got the diagnosis of being dyslexic and now they're friends and they I I remember that that plot line because um I thought it was interesting and I also think that like uh Jake handle handles it pretty well from what I remember yeah um, because he doesn't try to like shame writer or anything for not being able to read he goes to an adult and is like help me please yeah 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 okay so what's your slushy uh, rating? So I well I like that part of the episode. I also liked that Santana was in it. Um yeah. and I I sort of like Hunter Clarington um being in it too. I I think he's a fun villain even if he only got a few moments in the episode. 
the I'm Flash give... 2.0? <laughs> yes. Um, he plays Quicksilver. Just kidding. That's someone else completely. Um... <laughs> that would be pretty good, though. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give this episode three out of five slushies. All right. I just find all of the New York plot lines to be kind of asinine. Yeah, no, I I feel you. I originally I was gonna give this three out of five. Um, I actually went down to two point five on rewatch, mostly because, mm-hmm. um, I realized that I I like the Warblers' performance. I like the Mennonites' performance, which is a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's great. They they have a moment where they're a little bit soulful. They kind of you know yeah. <laughs> do a do a remix of yeah. She'll be coming around the mountain. Um, and then I, I mean, I like the, I like that Santana just like directly calls out Quinn on her bullshit. Um, I, did you like the slaps? I mean, I feel like there was definitely some sexual tension in those slaps. (laughs) Yes. Well, and the best part is at the end of that scene, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Santana is like, she was always a really good slapper. Like (laughs) that is the best part. Oh my God. Quinn Quinn always knew how to slap. Um, but but... slap what? (laughs) Oh but yeah, Dev. I mean, I, I, I okay. Think listen, I'm so sorry. I, I think there's <laughs> a lot of. To be. I feel like there's a lot of issues with the episode, and we have gone really in depth on it. And like, I think mm-hmm. they are big problems. But I still enjoyed the episode in a weird way. Like, there's yeah, still things that I found good about it. So it's yeah. definitely engaging. Yeah, um, it isn't boring. Yeah, at least parts of it aren't. <laughs> there are some parts that aren't boring, which is, you know, not always the case for Glee. So, <laughs> And that brings us to the conclusion of yes. the episode. Thank you so much for listening to this long, drawn-out Hellfest. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Dev. I feel like you really contributed uh, a lot of good stuff to this yeah, episode. me too. Thanks for having me. It was it's fun. It's a pleasure. Of course. And, you know, we'll have you again sometime because... I mean, the two of us yelling at each other about Glee is, <laughs> it's fun, I guess, but it does, it, it is nice to have some breaks in the... I'm uh, just here to talk about communism and write gay fan fiction live for you. <laughs> Thank oh, you. Yes. Uh, I would definitely read uh, any Quinn Santana fan fiction that you want to write for me. I would read it. Um, well, you know, play your cards right. <laughs> on that note, if you the listener have some Quinn Santana fan fiction that you would like to share. Send with it us. our way. Absolutely. Yes. To our email S and M Glee. I will read it um, on air. Yes. And uh, they'll, we also... they'll forward it to me. Don't worry. So if you have something <laughs> that you think I would really like, um, send, which, send know, it over. Yeah. Clearly I'm into like a little BDSM inspired Quinn Santana fic. <laughs> Aren't we <laughs> all though? Send us. Send us the Rex. We're all here for it. We want to hear what happened after those slaps or the previous slaps. You get it. Yes. Um, but yeah, you can <laughs> you can send that on Twitter at SNM Hakely or like Maggie said, on our email, snmhakely at gmail.com. Um, and just a quick shout out to uh, Jamie, our friend, who uh, emailed us about episode five. Um, some really good points. I don't know if we have time to cover them today. but uh, Yeah, her email was very salient. Um, and smart as she usually is. Yes. Um, but uh, that's just about everything. Um, we also have a Patreon. You can find that patreon.com slash SNM Hate Glee. Um, right now we're forwarding the money we get from that, most a majority of the money from that to uh, the Trans Law Center um, to help do the things that Glee really didn't do. Um, so True. Yeah. In- instead of moving the camera from Unique's face, 
uh we're putting it right know. back with some money too um yeah and uh next week we're gonna talk about season four episode nine swan song um but until then i've been sam and i've been maggie and i've been Devin. And we all hate Glee. We, we, we all hate Glee. We, all of us. Every single one of us. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we all hate Glee. Everyone. From the, <laughs> from the top. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>